Devastated, confused, heartbroken. So many times in life we get thrown for a curve and don't know how to react. I can tell you the first time I had sex, how was my marriage going to survive? It's, it's over. I remember standing in front of the judge with my three-week-old baby, looking at my ex. I saw the look on his face and it was complete rage. Welcome to When Life Throws You a Curve and How to Make the Adjustment with your host, Katie Hamilton. Hey everyone, welcome to When Life Throws You a Curve and How to Make the Adjustment. I'm Katie Hamilton. Thank you so much for joining me today. So as I mentioned last week, the podcast was going to look most likely pretty different, although I had no idea how it was going to look. And I said we would just take it week by week and see what God put on my heart. And sure enough, um, it's been, again, quite a week. Um, Last week I mentioned that I felt like something was coming, something was about to happen. I was hopeful that it was going to be something good, something positive. I'm kind of the eternal optimist, so I'm always, you know, I'm always going to at least say or think or want to feel like it's going to be good. Um, Two days after we recorded this episode, uh, as um, the world knows, a horrific event took place in our nation um, involving the murder of George Floyd. And I have a very, very special guest that has agreed to join me for a just a real conversation about racism and how we can be part of the, the positive change that our country needs. Um, I will tell you a sneak peek into some future episodes. What the Lord had been putting on my heart was to discuss unity and um, a whole bunch of things that surrounded that. And that was before this event um, occurred. So I know the message is timely. I know it's needed. And um, I'm so grateful that Kenyon Coleman, he uh, played in the NFL for, I think, 12 years. Um, He played for the Cowboys for a while. He and his wife and I are are very good friends. Our kids are friends. And he's just an incredible man of wisdom, an awesome father, an awesome husband, an amazing man of faith. And I am so grateful to have him join me on this episode for a real talk about some things that I think he uh, can shed some light on that are really going to bless everyone. So he will be with me after the break. And uh, again, I'm so glad you're here. So stick around and I'll be right back. Hey everyone, welcome back to When Life Throws You a Curve and How to Make the Adjustment. I'm Katie Hamilton. I am joined by one of my great friends and very talented man, Kenyon Coleman. Uh, Kenyon, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm hoping he's going to give us like the clap and post because okay. you deserve a round of That's awesome. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What camera do you... I have no idea. <laughs> Cash, what camera are we looking at? So I'm looking at this one. Oh, and so then there's then one in front of me. looking at that one. Yeah, Look, okay. See, they have it all. There you it's, go. you know, they're, yeah. they're pros over here. All right. Which I need. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar with Kenyon, he played in the NFL for 13 years. Is that right? Uh, 12. 12 years? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, felt like 13, probably to Katie. Yeah, it probably <laughs> felt like a whole different lifetime. <laughs> it's wild. Mm-hmm. He is married to one of my most beautiful friends. Her name is also Katie. <laughs> they have four children. Our kids are friends. 
Um, and I felt like I was supposed to know the Coleman's like long before we actually met because we had mm. a lot of the same friends, mm -hmm. but he was playing football and my ex was playing baseball and those seasons don't match up. So <laughs> every time they were in the off season, we were playing and everyone was like, oh, do you know Katie Hamilton? Do you know Katie Coleman? And both Katie's had four kids. We both homeschooled. Both of our husbands were athletes. So when we finally met, Katie and I like just clicked instantly. Although Kenyon and I are very, very similar. Like mm -hmm. we could not look more different and be <laughs> two more similar people. And Katie is a lot like my daughter, Julia. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like, I see exactly how, why God matched you two up, you know, mm -hmm. and why I'm friends also with a lot of people that are like Katie. Cause mm -hmm. it's, you know, those personalities just match. But Kenyon and I have, um, his whole family has been a family to me and my daughters. Um, you know, most of you guys know I don't have family in Texas. And mm -hmm. it's their, their family has been such a gift to me and my daughters. And I could not think of a better person to have on to discuss this specific topic today. Uh, it's a sensitive subject. It's a challenging subject to talk about. And for that reason, I think a lot of people, like me especially, um, don't talk about it at all because we just don't know what to say. We're afraid of saying something wrong or afraid of saying, afraid of offending someone. Um, but Kenyon, you know, he's someone I know we trust each other and he, he really is the perfect person to have this open dialogue with. And I think it's not just going to bless me, but I think it's actually going to be very helpful and beneficial to so many other people out there who truly have a heart for unity and really you know, they love their, you know, black friends or African-American friends, which we're going to talk about that also, that mm -hmm. specific topic uh, here in just a few minutes. But, you know, don't know how to react publicly when crisis happens and things like what recently happened in the world with the death of um, George Floyd, the death, it was a, a murder. That's what it was. So, Kenyon has graciously mm -hmm. agreed to come and just, you know, be really transparent and um, share with me about that. Mm -hmm. So thank you for being here. Yes, ma'am. Um, I want to start with just generally speaking. Mm -hmm. How prevalent do you feel like racism is today versus how it was maybe compared to five years ago, 10 years ago, 50 years ago, 100 years ago? Like, has America made any progress? Has it gotten better or worse or just changed the look of it? Like what, can you give me a Yeah, I would, of I would definitely say, I don't think there's an easy answer to that, but I will say in a lot of regards, obviously um, you look at the sixties, you look at the civil rights movement, you had segregation. I mean, some of the insane things that unfortunately were happening to African-Americans um, we have definitely made progress. Um, you know, you think of like, um, some of the, the, the heroes in our culture, um, and, um, you know, whether it be athletics, music industry, um, whether it be doctors, you know, lawyers, judges, um, there has obviously been a lot of, um, traction moving forward, you know, um, I think though where our culture as a whole is really lacking is I feel like relationally we've become more handicapped. 
Um, we have a lot more technology, so we can jump on the phone, we can send a text, we can be on social media. Um, and so what I think is happening is number one, um, I think racism is a lot like sexism, lust, like you're talking about these are problems since, you know, the garden, um, you know, where that, um, you know, sin, you know, um, we obviously were born with a sinful nature and a sinful nature wants to look at self. Adam and Eve weren't even self-aware in, in the sense of like looking at themselves until they sinned. And I think that because of that, racism will, will always exist, but that doesn't mean you tolerate it. That doesn't mean you ignore it. You don't say, well, you know what? Men are always gonna lust after women so we're not going to talk about it or vice versa, women with men. No, we have to search our hearts and we have to be willing to change. And but I think what's making it especially right now kind of explode is number one. Um, I think Will Smith said this. He said, you know, racism is getting worse. It's just getting taped now. Oh, well. That, that's a good, I mean, that's truth. I mean, yeah. we didn't have technology like we, right. you know, we didn't have technology back right. in the day. And, and it's now at the drop of a hat. You can right. record anything. I mean, you, in just in general, I mean, when we were growing up, I mean, when we were 17, 18 and we're at a party, you know, we're not thinking this is getting filmed. Thank God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is Micah 6, 8. It says, what does the Lord require? Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord thy God. Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes we love, we love to act justly more than we love mercy. For sure. Or vice versa. Yeah. And I'll say, and so my point or, is, or humility, right? Well, I, the Lord showed me that those two, if you operate in those two, then you'll walk humbly. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't walk humbly without acting justly or loving mercy. And I, and I think that right now, um, with social media, you're taking these sensitive topics and people, I mean, are hurting. Right. And so they're making their voice heard. And then depending on what narrative you're a part of, you you can hear something and literally the enemy can twist it to make it seem like you're saying something else. And right now, because people are hurting, they're like they want to know what side you're on. Right. Are you you know, and and it's and it's and it to me, it's it makes it so messy. I mean, even knowing hey, Kenyon, come talk about this. Like the fear of the Lord was on me because I know people are hurting. I know there's a lot of accusation out there. Um, and the thing is, is the last thing I would want to do is contribute to that. But I do think it has, it's, it's something that needs to be talked about. Um, not just like this, but at a dinner table or with your community, with the people you go to church with. Well, and the, and those are all excellent points. I, I agree with you. You know, I don't have a problem talking about addiction because mm -hmm. I, I have experience with that right. like firsthand. I, I 
definitely have reservation with talking about racism because I have not experienced that. You know, I've experienced being prejudiced against, you know, yeah. once or twice. It's not the same thing. And so for mm -hmm. me to think that I would be like uh, an appropriate voice to speak about something that I have no ex like personal experience on. Yes. You know, I, I definitely wouldn't. And, mm -hmm. and so, I, and I don't, I mean, like sometimes you just know, like you're not the guy for this or you're not the girl. Right. Like, that, like I've the, I'm, I'm really not, you know, I mean, not to say that like, in 50 years, maybe, you know, God heals yes. everybody's hearts and maybe we all can, you know, share, but it's, I, one, I'm ignorant to it mm -hmm. because I haven't had a, a real firsthand experience with my, you know, personally. Mm -hmm. Um, I was raised with, I mean, I always had black friends, mm -hmm. you know, I've all, you know, and I've just, I, you know, so it just wasn't ever on my radar in the in the sense of like how it's affected you know african american people yes. and because of that you know one it's been a blessing that i've you know had such great friends and they've all been very diverse yes. and i i love diversity i will always have in fact yes. i went to a church this past sunday that's been the most diverse church i found in texas mm -hmm. and i was like, just like so happy to be mm -hmm. there. Cause I feel like it's what it's going to be like in heaven. You mm -hmm. know, it's like every, you know I mean? They were celebrating, they were showing videos of all these different countries and nations and how they worshiped God. And yes. you know, it looks different. And I just, I love that. Yeah. You know, I love that men and women are different. Like mm -hmm. we're supposed to be different, you know? And I, I love God's creativity. I mm -hmm. love it in nature. I just, so that's, you know, one thing, but I think because of that, mm -hmm. I am ignorant towards you know, what's appropriate, what's politically, politically correct. And also if you send a text or you put something on social media, hmm. your heart may be totally pure. It might be coming from a completely pure place, Yes. but when it's just a written text, someone reading that, if they're hurting, yeah. they may interpret it differently. They may not use the same words that you use and read it wrong. And you could easily offend them and cause division when that's not in your heart. So I think out of fear mm -hmm. and out of like the, an abundance of caution, like people like me, like, well, I, I don't want, I don't really know what to say. So I'm just not going to say anything. So I, you know, you know, but, but that's, that's not also, it's not going to help bring change, you know, yes. or help the problem, you yes. know, like staying silent is, you know, so it's just like, I, there are people out there like me that want to help be mm -hmm. help with the solution to the yes. to, to the extent that we're able but we just don't know how yes and those are all good points you know i think the first thing i want to say is this is that anyone who is willing to search their heart you know the bible says oh lord search my heart teach me show me if there's any offensive way in me um, it talks about in Jeremiah how the heart is deceitfully, above is deceitful things, yeah. above all things and desperately wicked. So when we can start with that premise of, Lord, I have blind spots. There's things that I am doing that aren't not, I'm not talking about sin. I mean, it, which can be true, but I'm talking more like there are things that I'm doing that I don't know that I'm hurting people. Right. 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 And that's, uh, I can't believe you just said that. Cause this 
little series that I've just yeah. started that's starting today and that's going for the next few weeks, you know, that that's in there. And really one of the first points on this little acronym God, God gave me is a is P and it's for purity and, and for, uh, coming from a pure heart. And yeah. he showed me that like sometimes I can be doing something that's not offensive to me. It's not like even if I, you know, yes. cuss, you know, there's a few words where you don't need to guess somebody's intention. You yes. know what their intent is if they say certain words. Right. You know, but there's other words that, you know, like my intention is like, you know, like it might just be something silly. But if it's hurting somebody or causing them truly to stumble, then, mm -hmm. you know, I have to look at that and revisit it because yes. it's not it's not about me. It's not this, you know, you know what I mean? Just because it's not offensive to me or I may not have a problem with it. If it's truly causing someone else pain, then then it's a problem. Oh, and, yeah. And I think, um, you know, I think the word of the hour is empathy. Yeah, which I've had a long-standing issue with yes because i didn't know what was a thing yeah you know and similar and personalities I've, I've been learning about empathy actually post nfl um that's kind of like been the school of theology god has had me in because um paul said when i am weak i am strong another version he says my weakness is a portal to your strength mm -hmm. and i was like wait a minute i have permission to be weak and the thing about empathy is a lot of times we don't like empathy for two reasons. One reason is to be empathetic, I have to be willing to be vulnerable enough to be to enter someone's subjective experience mm -hmm. and and feel what they feel. Like I, th I think about the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. Right. And there had to be a behind narrative in their culture the fact that this woman was brought before the foot of jesus but not the man where's the man in the story right yeah and and they're sitting there just waiting for jesus to just condemn her because um a friend of mine pj actually i was trying to get him to come out here um he said something he wrote this on facebook and it was so profound he said, Jesus wasn't so much concerned with winning an argument because he was true busy, too busy trying to win a heart. So that's something that God had to show me when he was teaching me about empathy. Because mm -hmm. I, to our counselor, this was back when I was married, mm -hmm. I was like, well, how can, how can being right not be <laughs> the right thing? <laughs> right. Because like, I know yeah. I'm right. And, yeah. and the counselor said, but you have to, sometimes it, is better in for the relationship yes to you know you take the relationship over being right and and, and that was a hard you know it was hard for me josh was very empathetic he could define mm -hmm. he could tell me what i was feeling he yeah. could feel it i was <laughs> like what mm -hmm. i was like i don't know what do you what are you feeling are you angry are you upset mm -hmm. are you pissed off are you you know yeah. i mean like i was like you want me to identify it and mm -hmm. then feel it i mean it was such a wild concept yeah. And he was like, you know, Katie, it's like, he's like, you're very compassionate. Like, you'll be the first one to, like, help somebody up. Yes. He's like, but we need you to, like, get down into that hole with them. Amen. And that really was very revelatory with me. And so it's been like a, I've been working on empathy and I've grown, thank God I've grown so much in it. But it's been like a decade of, of work because I was coming from, like, 
zero. I didn't yes. know it exi I didn't know it was a thing. Mm -hmm. And then it took me a while to even understand it. Mm -hmm. And then trying to operate in it, you know, and mm -hmm. my kids are empathetic. Um, and I'm so grateful that they are. But mm -hmm. that was just, I mean, that whole concept was so, and it's so necessary to have. It's like such a beautiful attribute. And so then when I realized how necessary it was, and then I also realized that I didn't have any, you know, didn't, you know, I was like, Lord, you've got to help me with this. Well, it, that's, yeah, it's, we're similar in the sense of uh, we love justice. Mm -hmm. And when you're a justice person, like you get cut off, it's easy to get angry. Yeah. Right. When you get cut off, you're like, oh, or, or someone's being done wrong where with empathy, you you have to be willing to 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 be sad mm -hmm. or or to be troubled, which seems kind of weak, especially for a problem solver. Yeah. Like I'm like, what? Like this is the problem. OK, well, let's let's find the solution. Let's you know, like I have to be so careful to not immediately go into that mode. Especially mm -hmm. as a mom and as a, the only parent in the house right now, you know, I mean, I'm the only, you know, I mean, you've been such an amazing dad for my kids. Aww. Like my kids just, <laughs> I mean, they I'm, literally, they look at you and they're like, when, when I get married, I'm going to find somebody like Kenya. Oh, well, you that's know? I mean, like they've yeah. seen how you are as a father and as a man and as a husband mm -hmm. and it's been like transforming for them. Mm -hmm. Like they know men out there there like you exist mm. you know like are like unicorns i mean <laughs> you know, not, yeah well i'm just still trying to you know but, hold up my end of the bargain but i appreciate that but it it's yeah. been awesome and, and a huge blessing to watch so i i do appreciate that but um oh you know what? i want to say uh real quick something else about empathy which is hard for a problem solver like us when lazarus died in the bible right he talked to Martha, then he talked to Mary, and he knew what he was going to do. He was going to fix the problem, mm -hmm. right? He was going to raise him from the dead. But it says Jesus wept. Yeah, which I love. Right. I, I mean, I do. I love, I love that he wept. I, you know, when I first read that, yeah. I didn't love that. You know, I'm <laughs> like, why are you, like, bothering and crying about this when mm -hmm. you can be raising this dude from the dead like let's get on with it you know? he had but, compassion you know but then god was like well you need to look again there sis you Amen. know and he did he had he like he they knew mm -hmm. that he cared about them Amen. you know that that they were hurting and mm -hmm. and that made him hurt yes. you know like he that was very once i did go back and take another look at that like mm -hmm. i saw the other side of that coin and mm -hmm. you know how sweet that was you know that yeah. he he actually has, has has feelings like if we're hurting when i'm hurting like jesus is he's hurting also and know? i think too it's like you know i've been i've just been meditating on this subject a lot and i'm like lord what is it in us that when we see someone hurting we see someone clearly hurting what is that thing in us that gets angry? Like, and, and you know, I'm not going to jump into other people's minds and try to pretend I know. But I just know personally, there have been times where I look at someone else and there's this word called contempt. Mm -hmm. 
And if you look at the definition of that word, it's like when you think this another person is beneath you or not worth consideration. And when you're a strong individual and you see someone else hurting, you almost feel like you have permission to say that um, you're on a different level or whatever. And like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to pretend that I know everyone's narrative of what's going on in our nation. But, you know, I know that the surge of social media, you know, smartphones, it has made it very convenient to um, try to communicate through a text or social media instead of doing this. And you can't hear someone's tone. You can't look into their eyes. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, that's a good point. Like, that's a very good point. And I'm very guilty of. Yeah. Because I don't like talking on the phone. Yeah. I'm busy also. Yeah. You know, like yeah. trying to juggle all the stuff that, you know. And so I, I felt I have felt guilty, mm -hmm. like, to, for not ha like the few people that I have here in Texas. Yeah. Like, I haven't even had time, truly, especially over like the COVID thing, teaching the kids and mm -hmm. having all this extra court stuff that I've been yeah. very frustrated about because I feel like it's so much injustice. Yeah. And, you know, studying scripture when I came across, like, again, recently, and I just got the Passion Translation. It's amazing. It is amazing. Like, yeah. it's like I've been reading the Bible again for the first time, but, mm -hmm. you know, it talks about, you know, taking another believer to court. And, yeah. and I'm like, I didn't want to be in court ever. So mm -hmm. the fact that I've had to, except to get married, because I didn't want to pay for a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the fact that I've had to partner with that. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I finally, like, got rid of all my attorneys. I was like, I'm not paying for it. You know, mm. like, it's just been injustice across the board on top of an injustice that's already taken place. That well, and, and I'm such a... Well, the time I was little, yes. like wanted to defend and speak up for people that couldn't speak up for themselves. Like I, my first solo when I was four was yes. about child abuse. Yeah. And I'm like, why my parents like, why did you let me sing that? You know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's very and but, you know, I've I've been like that protector person in me and wanting to speak up and like defend people that can't defend themselves. So for me, also doing that for my kids and feeling like I'm not really able to has been extra hard you know like addition like hard on top of hard on top of hard well you know what the, but what you're talking about is love has a standard right mm -hmm. and that standard is jesus and the thing is is that we by his grace the bible says love covers a multitude of sin and like the that's the whole thing about micah 6 8 it says you have to love mercy mm -hmm. and so the thing is is that if i'm if if I'm on social media and I'm hurting, right, and and I'm voicing my hurt, um, you know, that's Jesus says, or the uh, it's not Jesus, but it's James. It says, you know, do not sin in your anger, mm -hmm. right? And so the Lord's not saying don't get angry, right? He's saying once you do, what do you do with that anger? Do you submit it to my will? Or does that give you permission to do an eye for an eye? Right. I you mean, know, Jesus got angry when he went in the temple and right. for all those tables, but he didn't sin. Okay. So like speaking about social media, mm -hmm. you know, do you think it is like contributed to the problem? Or I'll answer it like this. 
Social media is like a gun. So a gun is a powerful tool that can be used to protect mm -hmm. and in someone's hand that's trained, right? They can, they can bring protection to many, right? But that same gun in a child's hand that has no training can be very dangerous. Um, That's a really good analogy. The Bible talks about every idle word spoken will be held into account on the day of judgment. And I feel like one of the things that have happened with social media is we have not felt the fear of the Lord when it's like, like, I am, I am an imperfect man. I am on my process. I, I believe in holiness. I believe in consecration and all that. But the thing is, is I have not arrived and that's not an excuse for sin. I'm just being honest. And so when you have a platform and you're putting something out there and a lot of people aren't going to filter that through the Bible, they're just going to filter it through their experiences. Right. Or their pain. Or yeah. Their, you know, so, so there's a, you know, there's a responsibility that comes along with that and um, you know, it's like, you know, Jesus, you know, I, I could go a lot of places with that. My, my thing is this, I'll just put it simply is social media in itself is not wrong. Obviously it's a great platform to educate. Um, it's to connect with people. Um, but it is, I mean, you know, the enemy has used it to do a lot of tearing apart. Right. Which he does. I mean, he takes he tries to pervert and twist yes. everything if he can. Anything good, anything useful. I mean, he would love to use it for destruction. Yes. Because that's his MO, you know, mm -hmm. kill, kill, steal, and destroy. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about, now I'm not talking about riots. Because yes. obviously that's mm -hmm. not revival. Yeah. what we're going for. <laughs> yeah. But how do you feel about protesting in general? Like, Well, I'm going to answer your first question um, first two, which I think is a question. Um, I believe a local pastor said that rioting is counterfeit revival. Yeah, I've heard that. I've, um, I've heard that. And I thought that was amazing. I, I did So too. protesting, um, obviously, you know, you look at Martin Luther King and, uh, the kind of pioneer he was during the civil rights movement where he was willing not to return an eye for an eye, uh, but he was willing to do peaceful protest. That's amazing. But I do think that, um, you know, I have a, a 16 year old, a 14 year old, and a lot of these protests have become uh, violent. There's been provoking alternative, alternative political agendas where um, these people come in and they're trying to create chaos and all that. So I would, so I just think we, we have to use wisdom and obviously, like I said, protesting, I mean, you know, Martin Luther King blueprint of peaceful protesting, but that's the thing. Peaceful. Do you think it can be done in this day and age though? Do you think? It oh, for is? sure. I think, I mean, but this is the thing. It's like, obviously if it's 7 PM, and you're about to do a protest, but there's a curfew. I mean, you know, we, 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 the thing is, is as much as I love justice, 
I'll never forget this. A pastor friend of mine says, Kenyon, when I speak, he's like, I always pick a chair and I pretend that Jesus is sitting in that chair and I want to see him nodding his head saying yes and amen to everything that I say. And in the same thing, um, you know, we're as believers, we have the Holy Spirit and he, the Holy Spirit, he's the counselor, he's the teacher. He is going to guide and direct us in all truth. And he's going to bring into remembrance God's ways, God's word. And so, um, you know, I, I do think you can protest peacefully. Do you think white people can protest? Oh, like, yeah. Like, from like a, and, and this is another question I had, which yes. I told you I was going to ask you this. Like, is it appropriate to say black or is it appropriate to say African-American or, or I guess what's preferred? Yes, I think obviously it's more political correct, politically correct to say African-American. Um, when I'm in a business meeting and I'm meeting people, hello, sir. My name's Kenyon Coleman. Hello, you know, hello, ma'am. My name's Kenyon Coleman. Um, when I see you, I'm not going to say, ma'am, like address you that way. I right. might say, yes, ma'am, but I'm not going to, you know. And so I just think you, you have to know your audience. Because I, because I did, you know, the thing that made me question that was I heard some people talking about it one day. This was a couple of years ago, and they were like, well, I'm not, you know, People call me African-American, but I'm not African. I'm an American. And they were offended by that. And so I was like, well, that's interesting. And so it just gave me a different viewpoint. And no, so yeah. then it's, and I've kind of always had a question with what's, well, what's, what's better. And to me, I think that's a different conversation in this is that I feel like right now we're having conversations that, if we're in true covenant friendship with other, you know, um, ethnic groups, mm -hmm. you know, social economic status groups, then we, and this is the thing though, we're all in our process, right? Um, right. Obviously this has heightened the urgency of understanding um, the different narratives and different cultures. You know, obviously this one is mostly the black and white dynamic. Right. Um, but just what you're saying is you had a hard conversation with someone you love about how they want to be addressed. Well, I over, I mean, it was a conversation with a bunch of people and no. they were talking amongst kind of like themselves. Mm -hmm. They were both African-American. It was like, the yeah. they were all African-American and they mm -hmm. were, you know, it's kind of like between from me to you. Yes. And they were talking about it with each other. Yes. And I got you. they were offended by someone addressing them that way. And yeah. so then I was like, okay, Yeah. Well, and I don't, I mean, it's hard to speak into that because I don't know yeah. the context of that. So, you know, but, I just wanted to know, like, from mm -hmm. a, like, a broad perspective, like, generally speaking, yeah. you know, typically speaking, you know, but you, you answered that saying that it's more politically correct. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. more professional, and it's I guess widely accepted to yes. say African American, yeah. which is like good for me to know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because I would never want to in inadvertently offend somebody. Like, that's just never in my heart. It's just not. Yeah. You know, and I and I don't think that you see it with. You know, like if I say like 
you know, oh, the sweet little Asian lady that, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm describing, you know, her or what she looks like, there's not as much like pushback, you know what I mean? With other, it's, and yeah. I mean, obviously, and they haven't had the, it's, I mean, there's a reason why, you yes. know, there's this, these, the, the issues that are there. Yeah. I mean, there, there are communicative gaps and, um, you know, I've been married 17 years. Like me and my wife still have gaps in communicating. And, but when you love someone, you, you press through that, mm -hmm. the offense and, and the misunderstandings. And, um, you know, that's, I'm just saying that's what, what love does is love doesn't always think about, well, who's right and who's wrong. That's for sure. And it and, doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Right. It's easy to forgive. And there's, you know, I mean, you know, the scripture yes. about all Amen. the things that love does. Mm -hmm. And and it does cover a multitude of sins, which yeah. I'm obviously so grateful for. One more question about protesting. Mm -hmm. um, two, actually, I've got two. One, you know, uh, you said that you do think that there's a right way to do it. Mm -hmm. So you feel like it could affect change. Some, like, well, I'm just level. saying it's been, you know, the, uh, there's nothing new in the sun. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make in life is not understanding history, not studying history, not studying the historical context of when things are going on. Um, and so obviously protesting historically has proven that it works. Um, even with the, the changes of like this day and age, like even in like the current climate of the world that we're living. I mean, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm, I, I do think that in Fort Worth, they, they have been protesting. And from what I've heard, it's been pretty peaceful. Now, would you let your kids take part in that? Or would you ever take part in it yourself? I mean, you're asking, I mean, my I mean, son, like my son is 14. And in this, he got a summer job working with my boy, Luke Anderson, and he's on roofs. I don't want my son on a roof. You know, um, I had to die to, you know, helicopter dad. So, you know, the question, do I want my kids in a protest? No, because I'm a helicopter parent. Right. Now, one day, if they want to do that, I can't keep them on a leash forever. Right. That was actually the, the only time of growing pains that Julia and mm -hmm. I experienced yes. was the time when she was like leaving the house mm -hmm. to go to a different state to work mm -hmm. and that relationship was changing. She had become an adult mm -hmm. and the dynamic of like mother, daughter, like mm -hmm. parent, daughter only was like transitioning into parent, adult, daughter. And like, all, like she was allowed to be almost like my friend. Right. You know what I mean? And it was a really weird and it was hard. It was I'm getting there hard. with Kyla. It's hard. It's very, it she's 16 and going on you know 40 and she's so beautiful oh, so you. talented <laughs> i mean i would be helicopter dad if i were you i mean she's like it, it's you really i mean god he prepared me for that mm -hmm. with issues with like with josh mm -hmm. and i remember when she was in fifth grade there were photos that had come out you know and i was like just complaining crying out to god you know yelling just Mm -hmm. vomiting out all this stuff to him, to Jesus, yeah. you know, and I was like, what about my kids, my kids, my kids, my kids, my kids. I just kept saying that because I didn't want her to be exposed to that, mm -hmm. you know, and he just interrupted my thoughts like yeah. he does, you know, like a freight train because he's, you mm -hmm. know, 
That's how he works with me. And he said, they're my kids. He was like, mm. I got this. You, you need to, to remember Amen. that, like, I love your kids way more, Katie, than mm -hmm. you could ever love them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, yep, okay, you're right, mm -hmm. you're right, you're right, you're right. You know, And he did. He protected her tremendously. And, I mean, she didn't know about things till she was a junior in high school and found out from, like, her boyfriend at the time. Yeah. You know, thankfully, smartphones weren't that big of a thing then. Amen. You know, yeah. it's a whole different world now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think one of the reasons that I'm craving knowledge with this so much mm -hmm. and I not only do I really want to know truth and like the best way not only for myself but I'm raising daughters you know and I want them to be raised th like the best possible way you know mm -hmm. so that they so that because I know they don't have I mean like they love your kids mm -hmm. I mean like I'm pretty sure several of them you know <laughs> want to have arranged marriage. <laughs> you know your three right. your three boys yeah. but you know like I mean they like they truly like our kids love each other yeah. so much yeah. um but I don't want them to like I you know I've been comfortable with the people that I grew up with and it it just wasn't it just wasn't something that we talked about in in that way and so I think in a way it was a blessing but it also developed like a, a, an ignorance for me because I don't I don't know what's appropriate what's offensive what's mm -hmm. you know what do I how can I help what do I teach my kids you know but obviously like I teach them to love God and love others like that's period you know yeah. but in these instances you know I don't even know if it's appropriate for a white person to talk about it on a social media platform no i think yeah. i mean i've had tons of friends just make comments that their 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 heart is not only just in the right place but they're speaking subjectively so it's one thing when you're you know you're addressing it from like oh my gosh where have i fallen short or whatever but when you just start making blanket statements and you know you're accusing other people of of something i don't think that's right um but i do you know i you know i was part of a human trafficking organization for a couple of years and women have profound powerful voices but when a man takes a stand for purity it's like what's well what's the bias what like what is he getting from it and it's like nothing his, it, yeah, it's his, his desire to be holy. Yeah, and so I I do think that there is there's a there's something powerful when someone else who is not being affected by a social injustice they they voice it out because oh yeah I because, I see what you're saying yeah because that, that is yeah because I mean this is I mean I'm just gonna make this comparison just for the narrative not in the weight of it but you know I had a friend of mine who had an opportunity to be in the NFL, but the position he played was predominantly a black position. And in my humble opinion, I think he would have had more of an opportunity if he was black mm -hmm. at that position. Now, when he says it, someone may think he's just saying that, you know, because, yeah. you know, Oh, that's your sob story. Right. But when I say it, all of a sudden there's some weight to it. Mm -hmm. And I know that um, 
you know, there's there's a term race card, you know, and, um, you know, sometimes because of, you know, you've never seen racism or experience like, oh, no, now that's now, you know, they're going for the race card. But that's real. Like that's a like I would be going for the race. card. Well, I'm just saying, like, the race card is basically a term saying that it's something overused, you know, where it's not it's not a legitimate um, you know, someone being marginalized. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, oh, you just, you know, you're it's always... It's like a cop-out? Yeah, exactly. And and so, you know, my friend who's like, didn't make the NFL, they're like, oh, that's just a cop-out. But when I, I say I it, what you're saying. Yeah. it neutralizes that and says, oh, man, well, maybe this is real. Like, this is legit. Yeah. Because Ken Yon said it, so now yeah. it's got credibility to it. Right. And so, you know, when I think about some of the racism I've experienced, I mean, and I'm an athlete, like a former athlete, and I still sort of look like one. Like, I still have people go, oh, do you play football? A Whatever. Oh, yes. I mean, you know? there's a presence you carry about you. Every everybody notices you. And, and you know, and, and, they and the thing is, is like, I'll tell you this, I played football at UCLA, and there's a different appreciation for football players here than in California, but I can still think about things that I have faced. And some, sometimes you don't know, and I get the people the benefit of the doubt, but there, and then there's times you absolutely know, no, this was racism. And I don't have to think back a year. Mm -hmm. I can think back weeks, you know, the things I've experienced, but just because I have had those experiences, it doesn't mean that automatically my life is harder than others. And I think sometimes okay, that's, people, yeah. you know, people get upset about that. I have friends of mine that um, they were the minority, you know, they grew up around other minorities culturally, you know, in the United States, but they were around other minorities and they felt like they got picked on. And, you know, that's not, I'm not going to say, oh, that didn't happen, you know, because that's very reasonable because that's what we do. Mm -hmm. That's what fallen man does. Uh, you know, we're very tribal, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, to, you know, people just want to be seen. Like they want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want and, to know they, yeah, they want to know they matter. They want yeah. they, that people care about them, that they're, you know, that they're special, that they're, you know, right. and, and we all are, we're all yes. woven together in yeah. you know, our mother's womb with divine purpose and created yeah. for a reason. I mean, there are so many more questions I have for you about raising kids in this generation. Mm -hmm. I, I know we're like out of time, <laughs> but you know, I, w I would love to have you back another, you know, well, a, yeah. a, another, another time to, to finish, you know, or to, to carry this conversation on because just talking with you, you know, in the few minutes that we have has like, you know, prompted even more questions mm -hmm. than I thought I had. There are mm -hmm. other questions I had that I didn't even get mm -hmm. to ask, but you do have so much wisdom. Oh, and I, I mean, you really are a, a huge blessing in my life. I know you're a blessing to everybody who knows you, thank your you. children, um, and your wife are, I mean, you know how blessed they are to, to have you. They, they know how blessed they are to have you. And mm -hmm. I, I just appreciate you you're being welcome. willing to, to come here and be a voice and answer some questions from, you know, 
Oh, you're welcome. And I just want to say know. something quickly because sometimes when you're out in, you know, uh, TV land or whoever's seeing this, it's hard to quantify the relationship through a lens. And so I just want to say thank you to, for being family to me, being a sister to me, um, you know, and, you know, because people out there don't know that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, you know, we are, you know, we're, we're family. This is not just the camera. Oh, um, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I guess we, I probably take that for granted because I know you. And mm -hmm. so I don't ever feel like mm -hmm. did, I didn't it didn't occur to me to really explain that. But, yeah, you got you, you, you guys have been such a such a blessing. I love your heart. I love your heart for people. Thank your, you. Your patience with people, mm -hmm. your grace for people. <laughs> and, and especially knowing how you and I are so justice driven, mm -hmm. like, you know, to see someone that has that quality, but also loves grace and mercy. And you always walk with humility, which, oh, you know, you. I, I love. And it's just, I have so much respect and love for you. Oh, so, the same. Love you too. Thank you. I would, I, I really would. I'd love for you to come back. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'd love, I'd love for Katie to come too, although I, you know, I don't know. Awesome. I don't know if she, if she, <laughs> if she'd be into it, but yes, you know, anyway, I, yeah. I appreciate you. Um, thanks for being here. Hopefully we'll get yes, to do it again. Yes, and, you know, honestly, a year from now, I, I'm praying that our world looks a lot different for the Amen. better. So Amen. in Jesus name. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Well, King on, thank you again. Yes, ma'am. And I appreciate everybody for joining me on this one. And I will see you next time on when life throws you a curve and how to make the adjustment. Come find me on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Katie Hamilton 32 on Facebook at Katie Hamilton and at when life throws you a curve 32 and on YouTube at Katie Hamilton. The content provided here was supplied by a third party for display on our platform. The content is not owned or created by Real News PR. The views and opinions are those of the creator.